Hi, I'm Marika and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading floors in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. My guest today is Maud. She's French and lives in London. We met thanks to our respective partners and found out we have a lot in common, loving good food, discovering and traveling. The fact that she's simple, fun and welcoming means she has strong and meaningful friendships and knows how to attract people around her. And even though she loves the sun, one of her favorite time of the year is Christmas with all the magic and center parties it provides. She also has a curious mind that she feeds reading, listening to podcasts, and has recently become a yoga teacher a few months after giving birth to baby number two. That's pretty impressive. So let's discover a bit more. So hi, Maud, how are you? Hi, Mary. I'm really good, really good. Thanks, how are yeah, you? Yeah, so happy to have you here and thanks for opening and talking about a topic which is not necessarily easy, which is money in unplanned circumstances. So before entering into today's subject, let's first start by understanding your relationship with money. So how at ease are you? Yes, a very, uh, very good question. I never really understood why people were uncomfortable talking about money. I was always amazed when you ask like clear question about oh, what's your salary or what's the cost of this flat that you're buying and people never really respond clearly but give you a, a sense of, you know, like, oh yeah, it's around this or yeah, it's a lot of money or no, it's not that much. Or, and it's really always strike me as, as you know, that it was such a taboo for like a lot of people. Um, it's definitely not for me. I'm very happy to be like answering question and, uh, and be open about that. So I'm very at ease talking about money, but I've always felt that there was like a, a disconnection because You can be at ease, but if people facing you are not, then, you know, you don't really talk about it, right? Because it's not an open discussion. I just grew up in an environment where we were lucky to have money. And I think my parents were um, happily spending it, meaning like it's money, it's there to be spent. You know, it's not there to be saved and, and to stay safe somewhere where no one is touching it and we don't use it because in case, you know... They, It wasn't really the mindset at all. But yeah, so very, very at ease with the topic. But I think it, it also comes with flip side of, you know, thinking that it's always there and, uh, and that you've never missed money in your life. So um, when you grow up and you face certain situation, then, you know, you realize that uh, maybe it's this kind of childhood had, uh, had some limitation. So because you're like super at ease, does it mean you actually like managing your money? 
Not really. It's very funny. <laughs> I'm not this kind of person looking at uh, my bank account all the time. I think that it's funny because a year ago, my husband was uh, looking at our bank statement and kind of realized that we were spending more money than we were earning it. Reason being that we had uh, money from previous uh, salary uh, bonuses and things like that. So we were not out of pocket, but our lifestyle was more than our salary and we have two kids so it, and living in London it's easy to kind of end up in that situation but yeah so I'm really not like close to really like looking at it uh, regularly I'm not like managing it in a way like ah, I want to actively kind of you know take some decision around how what I, do I do about this uh, money sitting on my bank account which has you know never been elsewhere than my bank account and who can you know maybe use to do something else no I'm yeah and and it's funny because I work in finance 10 years so <laughs> I think it's just yeah because I'm not really interested in the topic even though you don't necessarily look at it you still know your numbers you know how much you spend roughly you know where you are and then you can take decisions or adjust any spending or savings or depending on how you feel basically Yes, totally, totally, totally. I think I have a sense of what I uh, spent, what I earn and and where money is going. But I'm not like crazily uh, looking at everything like daily and and kind of, you know, questioning, oh, what is this cash out coming from? And, you know, it, um, again, I think it's being quite at ease with it, but also because we have some money and it's not something that is worrying me you know in, in the sense that it's there it's but yeah obviously whenever we have to make choice in terms of family choices like I don't know, child care for your kids again living in London you know all those things are, are quite expensive obviously there is you know a discussion around okay there is this option it's quite expensive what about the other one you know which is also great and it's like half the price so yeah it's I'm managing it this way, but yeah, it's it's not something that I want to spend a lot of a lot of time doing, basically. And do you consider yourself good at it? So even though you don't necessarily spend like a lot of time, but you still know where you're going, know what you want, and can achieve basically where you want to go. It's funny because when I think about that question, I would instantly say, "I know I'm really bad at it," because. <laughs> Because the way I, I kind of understand your question is more, do you actively manage your finance, making sure that your money is not sleeping? And no, I don't. But on the other side, you know, I kind of know what money I have, what I can spend and, and not being in a situation where I'm in trouble money-wise. So I think I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, like mm -hmm. just managing like the day-to-day -day and not making a big topic about it. Because again, I think in terms of actively managing my money, I'm not really interested in it. So I'm happy not spending that time, but using this time to do something else. Yeah, exactly. It's not one of your priorities and it's fair enough as long as, you, as you're fine with it. It's good. So often before we take a decision, we always weigh up like the pros and the cons and try to, to find a plan and especially plan of a timing. But in your case, it was a bit different because the decision was taken on your behalf. So you, you used to work for a big company and they were making cuts for thousands of people. And despite being on a maternity leave, you were told to go. So how did you take it? And even though we all know in London, like there's less worker protections and so on still, when it happens to you, it can be like pretty different. So what were your first thoughts? I took it extremely personally, uh, even if, I, as you said, thousands of people were in the same boat when you get this call, 
it's about you. And before you hear that other people you're related with had the same uh, call, you just, you know, like alone in, in your boat. So I was really um, hurt in terms of my ego. It was really like the first feeling that I had, you know, like you start picturing your, your team head, putting your name instead of someone else and just wondering why me, why my name was like uh, mentioned and validated and and yeah, it's just, and I'm someone who needs to understand things a lot. So I started really to kind of, to rationalize something that was really not in my control and where probably no one will ever tell me, you know, what was the reason behind that. And maybe there is no reason, but it's just that in my world, I need to understand things to kind of move on. So yeah, it's, as you said, it was a decision that I didn't really take, but actually I was slightly more active in it than, than you said because my role was made redundant and I had the uh, opportunity to try to look for an alternative role and I decided to leave straight away but I could have decided the other option of trying to find something and because I was on maternity leave I, I was kind of on the priority list of being helped to kind of uh, give me another job so we would never know what would have happened if I uh, would have picked that option, but uh, I didn't because in that call, I was also explained my redundancy package, which was very decent. So straight away, money was not a problem. I was reassured on that. And yeah, it's interesting because money has always stressed me in the sense that I don't want to be in a situation where money is missing, but it wasn't in that case. It's really not what came to my mind first. Because I think I was kind of reassured. Obviously, they gave me like big numbers and gross numbers. So first, I didn't realize that I had to pay tax on those. But uh, so it was like, whoa, it's a lot of money. And then you say, okay, it's a bit less, but still. And I started to um, put myself into action because I didn't want to kind of totally be a victim of everything. And I wanted to own the process as much as I could. And yeah, and, and it was reassuring because I tried to negotiate things. I didn't get a penny, not a single thing. I guess, yeah, because it's such a standard process with like so many people letting go at the same time. Yeah, and, and you know, even if, as you said, it's something that happened like outside my control, I added the control that I needed to be kind of, yeah, controlling what I could. So yeah, so that's what happened. And I really saw that as an opportunity to move on from banking, which was nothing that ever fit me as well. So I mentioned earlier, not being really excited about managing my money. Again, coming back to finance, you know, it's not something that makes me uh, particularly smile or uh, passionate. So uh, yeah, I, I think at some point I started to see this as, yeah, this is your opportunity to move on and we're giving you money to do it. And months ago, you were almost, you know, so desperate that you could have lived without nothing so hey it's a good thing you know yeah exactly new opportunities <laughs> so you said you were not stressed about money because you had the security with the package but did you get stressed about i don't know the uncertainty or the change of plan and basically did you have a safety net on the side to protect you again like unplanned circumstances like this one so I wasn't stressed about money because, as I said, the um, the redundancy package was very decent. It was giving me uh, basically a year of salary. 
sometimes to kind of look for a job, you know, because the issue when you have a full-time job and you don't like it, you want to find something else, but you're still 100% working, so you don't have the time. So I had the time, I had the money, a very comfortable position. And apart from that, when my grandfather passed away uh, two years ago, I inherited it quite a lot of money. So I've never been stressed about that. I think really what came to mind was more what people would think about me, you know, like being made redundant, even if in London the things happen. It was more that that was... The judgment part. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's exactly the word. And you mentioned uncertainty. Nothing I was ever comfortable with, but I think we all had to learn to deal with uncertainty since March 2021 and 20, sorry. So yeah, so working on that part and yeah, it was also, uh, you know, a door full of opportunity, which was opening. So it can be scary, but at the same time, sometimes I was telling myself, it's very exciting. You can do whatever you like. But yeah, when you don't know what you want to do, obviously it's scary sometimes. So, um, but yeah, money was um, luckily, you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't something that's an issue. Yeah. So once you accepted the situation, because as you said, at the start, it was more like ego-wise, which was hurting a bit. So so what happened next? And now that it's been a few months that I've actually you had the decision, do you think your mentality around money or planning or security or these kind of things have changed? I don't think so. I think I'm I'm very lucky to have money in my back pocket you know even if it might minimize the uh, the safety net that i have so yeah i uh, i think i'm still very stressed about it in a sense that i'm always thinking when i'm making some choices but how am i going to make a living i'm taking this year as an exploratory one and trying to uh to not plan ahead, not stress ahead, not just live in the present moment, which is so hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to learn some stuff about it, hopefully. Exactly. Huge learning curve. That's good. <laughs> so at the moment, as you said, so you've taken like a year to actually sort things out. And at the moment, your goal is not necessarily trying to go back to an office job, but trying things on your own and see if there's any opportunities, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so really exploring things. And you've become a yoga teacher out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> I did, thanks to you, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. actually, we studied with the same school in Bali. That's quite funny. But yeah, so, so you've started um, to give classes online, right? Exactly, exactly. So really, really interesting. You mentioned learn curve before. That's it. That's it. That's it. I've been teaching online for two months now. Quite excited about it, but I haven't realized that, you know, it's a lot of work in terms of preparing the classes, marketing yourself. Marketing, it's a whole new world to me. I mean, you think that when you're on Instagram and Facebook, you're in marketing you know it's totally different thing and yeah managing to you know to kind of expand out of your inner circle to find students is is really really difficult because there are like thousands of yoga teachers out there and I live in London so you know it's it's like a big city so trying not to draw any conclusion yet because I have this tendency of being extremely impatient by nature of you know, saying, okay, it's not working. So I'm just doing something else. I never give time to time, never, ever. Um, so and that's what I'm trying two to months, do. So it's not that long. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so trying again to live in, in, in the now, not thinking of, okay, I gave myself till September to think of 
see how things were going and not saying, okay, it's like six months from now and what am I doing? I am really trying to be as relaxed as I can because ultimately what I'm telling myself is if it doesn't work, then, you know, it's not the end of the world first. You would have tried something and certainly learned things out of it. And if it's work like a bit less than what you expected maybe it still could be you know something that yet you continue and if at some point it's it's booming then great so yeah i'm really starting not to um think about it too much and just do what i am planning to do in terms of my classes my content and everything so at, at the same time of um, having your yoga business and being a yoga teacher, you still work part-time for one of your friend's startups. So I just want to know your mentality behind it. So do you want to have a steady revenue or is it helping you because you have like a, a reassuring foot in a company or like a, a special need for a rhythm or what the reason behind it? So I just went for it to kind of challenge myself, you know, like really let's have a look. And also, honestly, I think there is a part of me that doesn't like to say no. So I think that I that went for it because you. I wanted to, get, yeah, no, some kind of people pleasing, you know, like behavior, which is a bit frightening, but uh, so I went for it. Obviously not I, I have this, you know, it's been like since November, so a few months. The reason why I'm doing it and I'm staying is money-wise it's not a lot i work two days per week but still it's, a, it's money mm-hmm. flexibility because i work two days per week i can work basically whenever i like during the week so i try to keep my friday off to really focus on my yoga things and other stuff but the rest i can work early morning I can, I can work when the kids are asleep i just do whatever i like and you know it's so crucial to me to have this freedom Mm -hmm. and the rest is yeah it's something that I like the fact of having different activities because I think even if you don't see it straight away I think it's nourishing one or the other so when you have to put yourself in the mindset okay this is a job that you know require you to be detailed reactive and then you go into your yoga mindset let's be creative I think it's really yeah kind of constructive to have those two side of my work life but it's giving me a nice balance at the moment and I think if we come back to our topic of money having you know still being able to bring some money to my family I think it's something important to me So I'm sure there's a lot of people doing transitions, so either planned or unplanned. So what are the few important things that you've learned in this transition that our listeners could benefit from your experience? So I think for people extremely in control, like I am, having this opportunity to kind of let go a bit and just, you know, try out things is let discomfort happen just to try out things because we learn a lot from that and yeah really try not to not to put all the control you would usually put and yeah and just let's see what happens sounds like a wise advice (laughs) sounds good i've left a few questions for the end like a bit more fun so do you think you've reached a financial peace of mind and if yes like how do you do to keep it so can you define financial peace of mind what do you mean by financial peace of mind just the fact that you're at ease, that you're not like control freak and yeah, you're open on everything and yeah, you basically feel good whatever happens with money in the big scheme of things. 
So I think I'm extremely far from uh, being at financial peace. It's constantly popping in my mind. You know, when I'm talking about my career shift, people are telling me, oh my God, you're so inspiring. It's so amazing what you're doing. Instead of receiving that and saying to myself, oh, great, it's nice. People think that what I'm doing is great. I'm just like, but why are they not, you know, like asking me questions like, how are you going to make a living from that? And it's what pops in my head. So I think I'm, I have still a lot of work to do around that, probably more myself than people around me. And yeah, that's what I'm working on, changing a bit, you know, how you define certain things and making a living uh, will be good to start with. And um, you love reading as well, which is another common point between us. So have you read anything recently that either opened your eyes or moved you in some ways that you would recommend to us? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I read The Human Things from Karin Tuil a month ago. And I read a lot, as you said, but I haven't been shaken by a book in a long, long time. It's the story about a rape. And basically, during the entire book, trying to take like a point of view or the other, you know, on which side you are. But in the end, you kind of realize that this is not the question of really coming up with an answer like has this guy raped this young lady or not the question is i mean it's not a question actually that's where it's interesting that what the book is asking you to think about is the truth what truth means and they give that example which really like strikes me when i read those lines. i was like yeah that's so powerful they say that basically This guy could tell his story. This lady could tell her story. And even if you were in that room where this horrible event happens, and if you were as well, Mary, we probably would have seen different things. So we would have probably interpreted it in a different way. So where is the truth? And honestly, I, I was like, I'm still really like shaken about it because it's a very, it's extremely well written. And yeah, it poses this question about uh, the truth and actually the truth doesn't exist. You have your truth, I have my truth. And sometimes it's just a nice reminder that whenever you're arguing with someone and you just want to be uh, right, what's the point? Because you don't have the same truth as someone else and that's life. That's, that's just how life it is. So read it. It's amazing. Wow, yeah, tough subject and not a common thing at all. But yeah, if you recommend it, I trust you. So we'll add it to my list. Thank you. <laughs> so I think that the end of the of this episode, thank you so much for sharing your experience, mode. I really um, thought it was interesting to be in this situation where basically everything can happen and options are open for you to bounce back. So I really wish you the best and I really look forward to knowing how things develop on your side. Thank you, Mary. Have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye. That's the end of this episode. I hope you are as enthusiastic as I am. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the words. And if you want to go further in mastering this beautiful adventure of owning your finances, please contact me on Instagram at moneychilloutz or on my website at maricafino.com. I offer workshops and coaching to guide you through.